0: I li- we literally like pushed all these people out of the way, went straight up to him and like I gave him my video and I was like, hey, like, all right, I know you don't know me. My name's Tommy Sandoval. I'm like a nobody ran out, whatever, but I'm gonna be the next skater on your team. I'm gonna be on your team, I swear. Just watch the video. I don't care what you say, I'm gonna keep on making videos and I'm gonna be on your team one day. And that was like literally what I told him, like, like in those moments, I was like, dude, just just watch this fucking video. I'm
1: I'm ready, dude. Put me on. You're listening to Flow State, conversations with athletes, artists, and entrepreneurs who are losing themselves and doing what they love. I'm Nick Willicky. I'm the host of the show, and I'm also the co-founder of Sojin, where we make modern remedies for busy working professionals like you. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with pro skateboarder and San Diego native, the one and only Tommy Sandoval. And Tommy and I talk about everything from how he recovers from injuries to how we use the psychedelics to learn and perfect new tricks. Before we dive in, today's episode is brought to you by the Sojin Sleep Tincture. The Sleep Tincture is our current best-selling product at Sojin, and it's also the best-reviewed natural sleep aid among busy professionals. It's made with six of our favorite herbs here at Sojin, lemon balm, valerian root, chamomile, hops, copaiba, and raw hemp. It goes great in your evening cup of tea, it goes great with your smoothies, or you can just take it on its own by dropping the oil underneath your tongue. As always, all of our herbs are 100% USDA organic. Even though I'm a big fan of the product, you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a quick testimonial from a real Sojin customer named Chastity.
0: Hi Nick, good afternoon, Uh, this is Chastity. I wanna thank you first of all because the salute tincture is amazing and. Uh, From the moment I started taking it, I started to sleep the full night and um, I have spinal stenosis and so my feet and my legs are numb and I'm dealing with that and I I have two bones pressing my spinal cord. Um, But I do know that taking your products have been super instrumental, at least for my sanity (laughs) and mental health
1: because um, I get to sleep now. But I wanted to thank you. All right. So have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And thank you once again. Thank you, Chastity, for that testimonial. If you're like Chastity and you just have a little bit of trouble falling asleep at night, or maybe you have trouble staying asleep, then pause this podcast real quick and head to www.sojin.co. There you can get a 30-night risk-free trial of the sleep tincture. And if you use the code FLOWSTATE at checkout, that'll give you another 25% off on your order. What follows is a conversation between me and Tommy Sandoval. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Tommy, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, man.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: How are uh, how are the kids doing? Uh, it's <laughs> it's like the last week of summer, so
0: they're just getting their last little crazies out and um, just enjoying their days, just. of fun and hanging out and chilling and pretty much doing whatever they want for now
1: how many kids you have again i have three okay have you gotten them into to skating yet have any of them picked up a skateboard so my son my son gunner
0: and the other two my oldest is Della, and my youngest is maven um i've had a skateboard under all their feet but as far as like actually well, Maven's the youngest so I I can't tell right now. She's only 6 so she's still got time. But uh Gunner, he just like got super sparked on it. He's like been watching all my videos and just I, I don't know. I've took him on skate sessions with uh the zero dudes and the fallen guys and then um uh, we have a local skate shop uh Slappies that Mm -hmm. um they do like weekend sessions so i'll I'll take him out from time to time on those and uh yeah he just gets really excited about the vibe and just uh, everybody's feeding off each other and um he just wants to be part of the crew you know so (laughs) (laughs) it's it's cool it's cool and it's it's fun but uh there's certain dynamics you know like he's Mm. he's just gonna be living a little bit ahead of some other kids as far as like what he sees and the stuff he's around you know Mm.
1: in terms of just being around a bunch of older guys that are out skating or what yeah what do you mean by that exactly um that and um kind of
0: everything as a whole like i feel like i had a similar upbringing and just like how things were you know in the like mid nineties to later nineties, early two thousands, like Mm -hmm. the culture was pretty rugged. And like, if you were a skateboarder, you were um, kind of an outcast or a rebel of some sort, you know, like you're just kind of, yeah, we weren't cool. Nobody really liked skateboarding at the time. (laughs) And yeah. And if you, if you did it, it was, it was a personal, it was personal mission, you know, like you're, you are we didn't have like big skateboard gangs like we didn't have big skate parks either so Mm. it was like things were limited but um still just just the same as I experienced I saw kids smoking I saw kids drinking like Mm -hmm. I saw all the different dynamics of like people coming from different homes different situations different upbringings and like you know that just reflects on okay. This this is your free time. This is your free for all moment where your mom and dad aren't watching. Like you're at the skate park with all the homies. Mm-hmm. This might yeah. This might be your first time smoking weed. This might be your first time you know drinking a beer or something. So I want to expose him to that early so he understands you know the difference. You know like okay I I want him to be smart so that way if he does make a decision like that like. He is aware of the consequences, and mm. you know like and and if he gets good at skateboarding, like me myself, I can tell him like it's gonna affect your skateboarding. like if you drink and and you smoke and you do all these things in mm. excess, especially, then that's gonna put a halter on on your goals and where you're trying to get and what you're trying to do.
1: When you were growing up, um skating was it came with some social cost. Talk about how you feel. Um, like with the skate- the state of skateboarding is today and and how you feel like that kind of world is versus when you were growing up?
0: Well, um, from when I started till now, there's been tons of changes as, as far as acceptance goes, as far as like the, um, the skill level. Like, it, I mean, obviously as time goes on, things progress, like, inevitably, like, skateboarding is going to evolutionize over time, no matter what, you know, Mm -hmm. people are going to get better, the tricks are going to get harder, they're going to get more consistent, you know, everything's going to keep building. But it's like, when we were growing up, there was a certain, like, understanding, or there was like a way to go about how to build your skate career, you know? Like, because we didn't have social media, because we didn't have all these uh, internet outlets and stuff like that, it was like, okay, we had a magazine and we had videos and like video premieres. <laughs> so that was basically like your chance to be seen. And then from there, um, your chance to become like the next pro or whatever. So like, Mm -hmm. if you got, yeah, if you got in a mag or whatever, like that was your first chance to be seen. And then, you know, depending on how you got in the mag, if you were already on flow for a team, whatever, that's a good building point to get on the team, like to turn M, you know, you start getting photos and you start getting coverage and people are like, oh, who is this guy? So like, you had to build, your career with so many steps of like okay first you know i got to set my sights on what team i want to be on and i got to get a local shop sponsor and i got to like do all these like minor steps like i got to go skate at these like mm-hmm. local contests so like local people know who i am and i got to keep skating and get better and better so that way if i do ever get on these companies i want to be as good as the guys that are next to me or that I'm going to be next to, (laughs) and, um, you know, like, be able to make an impact and thus move forward and become a professional or whatever your sights are set on, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, like, I just feel, I feel like the time I grew up in, there was uh, a structure of how to become a professional skateboarder. You had the steps, you had to build, you had to go to, like, Tampa Am, you had to do certain contests, you had to have a video part, an um, interview in interviewing Thrasher, you know, uh, interview in mm-hmm. this magazine, ads for other companies, you had to be sponsored by other companies to become official Am for your board companies. So you had status wow. elsewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like,
1: and how are you just... doing? How are you going about this out of curiosity? Like, is are you at home, you know, like making phone calls to all these companies saying, hey, you know, can can I come out and can you watch me skate or can I come and skate for you? Or, you know, how, how are you going about this oh process? Oh, my God. That is hilarious that you said that. Um, <laughs> no, literally,
0: literally, like because I lived in San Diego, uh, a lot of the companies are already here. So, like, we would we would go around. And, and at the time when I was younger, he um, was like, God, dude. Maybe 99, almost 2000, when like um, Zero was just getting out of Tumieto And they had a spot in downtown San Diego. So we would always go to the spot and like bug out and like wait for these pros to like come out or like hang out or be around when somebody pops up, you know? And you're like, okay, like we're going to see so-and-so. And like we didn't really see anybody. We never saw anybody. But like um, – we just kind of lurk, you know? And, and, Mm. um, I think as I was getting better and, you know, we, we had these little sponsor me tapes that we would build on and I would make sure each sponsor me tape I made would be better than the last one and have more tricks and do bigger and better. And, you know, so that way they could see my progression and that I'm still going and, you know, it's not a one hit wonder. Mm -hmm. So like, Mm -hmm. um, Eventually, though, like it was basically like going to these places and like almost knocking on their door and being like, "Hey, um, I'm gonna give you my sponsor me and say my number, whatever, like if you like it, let me know like i don't I don't even know I don't know how to go about it. like it was literally that at some point though. and then, um, I remember when I wanted to get on zero, <laughs> I went to the dying to live premiere. And uh I had one of my sponsor sponsor me tapes on me. And before I got to Jamie, we were talking to like Muska when, when Shorty's was still hot. And um for a minute there I almost gave it to almost gave it to Muska, dude. I was super close. Dude. I was like, hey, yeah, like, maybe we should, maybe we should just, like, switch it up and go for shorties. <laughs> and then, uh, like, because dude, the opportunities were there, you know, like, there was all these people, these, these pros that we would never see a- unless we were at an, an event like that. So, like, mm-hmm. we were at that premiere. I-, I saw Muska. We talked to him. And I was, like, hyping the video up. And I was like, you know what? I gotta find Jamie, dude. And, like, we just literally, like, walked away from the whole musket situation went down the street like made it our goal to wait till jamie came out of this little like backstage area Mm -hmm. he came out like there was all these kids trying to crowd him whatever i literally like pushed all these people out of the way went straight up to him and like i gave him my video and i was like hey like all right i know you don't know me my name's tommy sandoval i'm like a nobody ran out whatever but i'm gonna be the next skater on the team I'm going to be on your team. I swear. Just watch the video. I don't care what you say. I'm going to keep on making videos and I'm going to be on your team one day. And that was like literally what I told him. Like like in those moments, I was like, dude, just, just watch this fucking video. I'm, I'm ready, dude. Put me on. And then I really searched out the zero thing. And from there it was like, site set, take the steps, make the moves, get on. Mm-hmm. So... All that being a point that here, that's how you had to do it in the old days. Now to get back to what we were saying earlier, like honestly, fucking now I just feel like it's a shit show of how marketable you are on social media. It's <laughs> as different. far as yeah, yeah, I was gonna say there's a lot more skate companies. There's a lot more um, DIY style like board stuff and brands shirts and clothes and Mm -hmm. just a lot of like a lot of hype around skateboarding in general you know that that wasn't there when i was growing up so like um i feel like that's that's a big factor too like we're in the olympics like we have uh street leagues and all kinds of like super elite skateboarding contests that really didn't exist other than x games when i was growing up
1: yeah yeah
0: so yeah, i mean definitely the di- bam
1: bam huck, huck jam Is that what oh it? the boom boom huck boom jam. boom huck jam yeah,
0: yeah. oh man i used to love watching <laughs> that that was like that was like saturday morning cartoons for skateboarding it's insane yeah they used to they used to put that on tv sometimes it was on like one of those like, Channel fucking 87 or something. And it's, like, Extreme Sports Channel. And they would, like, replay all the X Games stuff. And then occasionally they would, like, have stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, so this cool. is sick. So cool. That's the thing. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> we, we just... It's just weird because I grew up in an era when skateboarding was fucking going nuts, dude. Like, we're... It was the highest, biggest, longest, gnarliest fucking, like, 20 years in skateboarding like i feel like that was yeah the goal you know to like set the bar like somebody has to kickflip el toro somebody has to like nose grind a 20s there like and and when you did those things you like made your mark in skateboarding you know like you set mm-hmm. the tone for like that style of skateboarding and like there was okay you had day one and you had uh uh, Ronnie Mullen, and you had a lot of other tech guys, don't get me wrong, but you had them set the tone for like the tech shit, you know? And like they didn't get the, they didn't, I don't know, I, I feel like they didn't get the fucking praise they deserved for all the shit they did back then, as opposed to like now, like they do still do gnarly shit, but like, dude, I, I rewatch um, Day One Song versus R- Ronnie Mullen like one two three whatever all of them and Mm -hmm. and seriously like it's so mind-blowing some of the tech tricks that were being done back then day one his like ledge manual tech game just all the combos and everything is absurd Mm. but yeah um to think though like i don't know that bar was set those bars, like, that's what I mean. Like, those bars were set really high, like, as I was coming into the game and, you know, like, I had to make an impact and make a mark and do what I can do to, you know, try and set my own bar. But, like, now I feel like all that's all that shit's already been done, you know? Like, all the big rails are being done. Like, you, you grind a 20 rail and, like, homies shrug their shoulders. Like, it's not a big deal anymore, you know? Like, kids put the 20 rail on their Instagram story <laughs> for a warm-up. So, like, it's lost its hype. And and I think the fact that that kind of stuff is not necessarily lost its hype. It's just, like, it's not what people are looking for as much nowadays, as much as just variety. They like, just want to see skateboarding, pretty mm, much.
1: Mm, and that's mm.
0: that's that's pretty much kind of where I'm at. I just want to see skateboarding. I want to see it well done. Even if it's, like, goofy, I just want to see that, like, it has some style to it, and and there's, you know, I want it to be watchable.
1: I'm curious, like, what do you feel like, I guess even before that question, like, what got you into it? You know, this podcast is about people being so absorbed in something that, like, they can lose track of time doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what's like
0: uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I basically lost the last 20 years of my life to skateboarding. If it, if you want to look at it that way, like getting lost in it is just me getting back on my board every every time I decide to skate again. You know, that's mm. just me getting lost in like the opportunity to learn a new trick, um the opportunity to perfect a trick that I already have but just even better and understand it even more, you know. <laughs> it's like, it's just a never ending process that once you're connected to the process and you really feel like you're drawn to be a skateboarder and everything that it entails, like all the failure and the success that comes with the failure and, um, you know, getting hurt and, and uh, getting your feelings, you know, thrown in so many different directions. Um, it's just, I don't know, you know, like, you have to be mentally equipped just as much as you're physically equipped because mm. I've, i i feel like equally if i mean you could be the toughest dude but once things start going wrong and and your skateboarding is just not working out no matter how hard the falls are if you can make it out and you're safe or whatever just the fact that you're not making the trick that sets off a whole other like rage inside of you like (laughs) you're like all right if i get hurt i understand like yeah i might get hurt like i know that for a fact like if i if i don't lock in the rail right or if i like bail and and fucking i eat shit of course you know my body's at risk right but you don't think about how much your mind is at risk you're like
1: am I going to go mentally
0: fucking insane because the shit is just going to push me over the edge?
1: Has there ever been a time that you felt like where you really struggled to get back on the skateboard, um, you know, for whatever reason and what motivated what, you know, tell us about that process and then what motivated you to, to, um, to get back on.
0: Yeah. So um, I think, Pretty much any any short-term injury, even, I mean, long-term for sure is going to do it to you where you might question more like, okay, like how am I going to find the motivation to get back on my board after being off the board for so long, you know, like say you broke your ankle as opposed to rolling your ankle, you know, like a couple, like two weeks maybe as opposed to like two or three months. Or more, depending on how bad you did it, you know. So, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the short term, I could deal with that pretty easy, you know. I I know it's 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 right there, like it's in my sights. Uh, it's just a matter of doing what it takes to take care of myself in the meantime to get back to my board, you know. I don't I don't lose motivation very easily as far as skateboarding goes, because for some reason, I I just find like enjoyment in in the smallest things about skateboarding. So even if I'm not on my board, I'm like watching it. I'm, you know, reading about stuff in the magazines, just trying to still surround myself with skateboarding. But um, in that sense, I guess I'm, I'm mentally motivating myself to just keep it in mind and keep it on the forefront, you know, instead of mm-hmm. like, physically like out there going to the skate park you know whatever but um yeah i do you're think doing,
1: you're doing what you can
0: yeah yeah i do think the short term like i was saying is just a little bit easier to deal with but then um long term i feel just recently like i, ha- I had a knee surgery in um the end of last year in november and it took me out for, like, maybe, like, three, four months and maybe even, you know, a little longer than that. Not really, like, out, but, like, to get back to where I wanted to be and, like, feel comfortable on my skateboard. Um, it, it almost took, like, half a year to get um, comfortable again and, like, get my sights set on. Where I was before I hurt myself, and kind of jump back into the things I had my sights set on before I got hurt, you know. So, um, yeah, I think.
1: And, and when you're oh, when you're out for that period of time, what's going through your mind?
0: Well, uh, it's it's hard. It's hard because it differs. Um, the injury, the injury really matters. So I did my knee, which obviously I can't walk and I can't skate. And that just puts me in like a really weird place and, you know, like almost a semi-depressive state because I absolutely cannot do it even if I try, you know, like I, and if I do, it's just the stupidest thing I can do. It's just going to prolong, you know, the healing process. But, um, -hmm. It's like, okay, your knees, your ankles, anything like below the waist, I feel like you need to wait a certain till a certain point and then you can start testing it, you know, like Mm so you can walk or whatever. But then like, oh, my wrist or my shoulder or something like that, you know, of course it hurts, but I still wanna be cruising around and like I'm gonna go push around and, and, and risk it just because I I feel like in my mind, okay, what are the chances of me slamming right now, you know they're pretty much mm-hmm. like like ten percent out of out of a hundred you know, like I'm really not looking or trying anything out of my my comfort zone, I just want to be on my board, you know, so mm-hmm. per se right around, yeah yeah yeah, just mm-hmm. make sure you don't hit that one rock <laughs> 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 so um yeah, but just. The difference right there like that that will change your mind state you know like where where the injury is how bad it is and how much time you're going to spend away from the board you know like Mm -hmm. um i have a lot of of
1: sense not only are you like set back a little bit and that you got to wait till you're better but usually the thing that you would normally do to maybe like get yourself out of a funk you don't have that same outlet
0: I definitely I definitely feel like that was a a big factor um in reasons why you know you feel depressed or or lower than your energy your energy is just low because you can't do the things you need to do to feel good you know you can't even exercise per se because me like i'm a pretty active person even if i can't skate i want to go walk i want to go ride a bike i want to go be out you know like just Mm -hmm. moving moving is my thing so like when i'm not moving and i'm stuck and you know i i'm injured or whatever it's those are probably the hardest parts of it to deal with is the mental battle of like okay like it's a time it's a like um it's a time range from right when you get hurt, you're like, okay, so I broke my ankle. Uh, It's not horribly broken, but I'm gonna need a cast. And okay, I'm gonna be in a cast for like a month, two months. Then after that two months, I got to rehab for like another month or so then I'll probably be on my board. Just getting started, you know, so you're already looking at like, damn, like, those kind of things set in immediately to me, you know, like how long I'm going to be off my board or, or whatever, like just, and, and knowing how long that I've already been in skateboarding and all the different injuries that I've had, like I could tell when something's going to put me out for longer than normal, you know? And, and those, those types of things are basically like, all right, what are we going to do with this downtime? How are we gonna use it constructively and like in in the meantime, like what are we gonna set our what are we gonna set our sights on futuristically in the skateboard world like what tricks um you know like maybe do you want to start a company like uh, or do you want to get involved with like the local skate park that's being built? it's like there's a lot of things you can do while you can't do what you're like, you know, supposed to be doing, skating, whatever. But um, that's the thing. It's such a big community that you're, you're still able to be in it and feel a part of it, even when you're not out there doing it, you know? Mm. So um,
1: so this, this past injury, um, the knee injury <clears throat> that you were talking about, what did you do other than skating?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, basically, like, keeping in contact with the people that, you know, support me and, and or my friends that I'm skating with. So when I can, you know, crutch around or potentially walk, like the first thing I want to do is go get on a session and just like hang out and be part of the crew, you know? Like even if I'm not skating, I still want to just like, I want to do what I can. And that, like, to me is the motivation that I find, like, while obviously I'm not going to be doing it. And um, other than that, like, I have my own little things at home. Like, my kids, of course, keep me keep me occupied. Um, when, <laughs> when I was first, like, injured and, like, pretty much stuck in my room, I have... Like my whole record collection, my d j setup, and all the stuff that I do with my music pretty much within nice. within reach right here, so uh, I did a lot of music stuff while I was off off the board, and um yeah, I actually do some art, I'm not like an artist of any sort. I don't do all kinds of paintings and shit, but I started drawing a lot of cartoons and I don't know, just became, like, really stoked on drawing cartoons. And, <laughs> yeah, probably by now, I, I, like, have these little books that I do them in. I'm trying to fill them up and like, I don't know, probably, like, a 100 different characters or something, you know? But, um, yeah, I'll, like, test myself. Like, I started off really basic on, like, some pretty average stuff. And then as, as things... Time goes by and things get better and better. I'm like testing my skill, and I'm like, okay, I'm. A, I don't know. I could maybe do something with this.
1: <laughs> That's right, <laughs> bro. And now that you're back, so how's your knee doing now?
0: It's doing pretty good. Um, it's okay. I mean, I'm. This is my second time around for a knee surgery, so uh, it was the meniscus and the. Basically, I'm like getting to the bone-on-bone zone and starting to really, really feel the uh, damage that I've done over the years, I guess. Like, even mm-hmm. even with the surgery, like, I came back and I'm, I'm all right, but I'm probably at, like, 90% now, like, constantly, like, 90%. I don't know if I'll reach that. Some days, some days I feel like 100%. I'm like, damn, I could, like, jump down a 20-stair right now, maybe, like, one time. <laughs> but like, but yeah, yeah. That's like, that's like how I feel though. That's all I need. I only need one of those days every now and again, or like, you know, I need that hundred percent body, but functioning on ninety percent, knowing that like, it's kind of just how it is because what I've done, and the the level of skateboarding that I've been at, like, it's been pretty consistent since I was probably like. 16 or 17 that I've just loved to jump off big stuff and for some reason I just can't stop doing it (laughs) so um yeah I guess I'm just doomed to like knee issues and ankle problems but I don't know kind of comes with the territory
1: do you have a favorite trick um that you have learned or perfected or even one that you're currently still working on and perfecting and and what makes it like why is it your favorite
0: Well, first of all, when everybody thinks of me, they probably go straight to the frontside flip, which is, like, one of the tricks that I perfected over time and um, obviously picked it up from, like, people who pioneered it before me, like Reynolds and Tom Penny, or, you know, Jeff Rowley. Pretty much a lot of the dudes that I grew up watching – all had some form of frontside flip that just made me want to do it you know like everybody does it different they have a flick or they have something that just that trick looked super appealing to me and i always wanted to learn it and um first which is crazy because there's two ways to do it this is the this is the funny thing about skateboarding is um chad muska had this had this frontside flip that would go straight up and kind of do like a an illusion flip as they call it so it's almost like you didn't even really flip it because it went straight up and just kind of like you couldn't see how the board did the kickflip as much as it just did the the motion and you're like damn like that just works so well and if you look back on some of the shorty video shorty's videos like fulfill the dream and uh guilty and stuff like that when he does them they just they just go straight to his feet and like i it just works and and the way his foot is set for when i first learned him to how i do him now like that the positioning and the time i grew up in and what i was influenced by definitely changed as, as i was like maturing in my skateboarding so um the first frontside flips I used to do were the Muska style shorties like through the legs and it was a really like SD way of doing it I guess you could say cuz literally everybody like in yeah like everybody in San Diego like at that time had either a hard flip, a frontside flip or a switch frontside flip or a switch hard flip that looked exactly like that. So that was like the trademark flip uh, of that time. Then there became, so that's like mid 90s, late 90s, kind of like fulfill the dream, shorty stuff. Then we hit 2000s and went beyond and like Reynolds like popped up to me and like Baker 2G, Baker 3 and like all these, you know, fucking more punk rock style. Like, and then the front side flips, they had an actual flip to them and Reynolds would flip it, catch it halfway, and then, like, turn it the rest as he floated down. So I was right. like, damn, I got to figure that one out. Like, that's, like, a whole different trick, you know? Like, usually people figure out how to do, you know, a kickflip, and then they can just do it one way, and their their feet are comfortable in that position, and that's just, like, kind of eternally the way they do it, you know? Right. But um then then there's different ways to do tricks and like how to have your foot positioning and everything to manipulate the board to you know flip better faster you know this way or that way and a lot of that stuff really didn't occur to me obviously when I was beginning so I just took what I can get and then later as I got better and progressed I was like okay so now that I have some pop I could actually you know figure this out And weirdly enough, um, uh, I don't know what kind of podcast we're on or what, how we're looking as far as like what to share. But um, I did, I did a bunch of mushrooms. It's like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I did a bunch of mushrooms and fucking, I was stuck in this parking lot and I was just tripping, like just like everything's all moving crazy. And I got my skateboard and I'm cruising around and like, whenever I'm cruising around, everything was perfectly normal. But as soon as I got off my skateboard, everything went fucking crazy. And I'm like, okay, so I just need to, yeah, I just need to stay on my skateboard. Like that's what makes me feel comfortable, you know, like, and I was tripping so hard that like, if I, it, you know, like if I didn't have my skateboard under my feet, that I felt like uncomfortable. So I'm like, that's, that's like kind of when I knew too, it was like probably when I was like 17 or 18 So that really like hit me and I was like, I need this skateboard under my feet. Like that's a sign. Like if it, if you, if you find comfort, even in like the weirdest of times where you're like, you would need a friend or something, you know, like, Oh, I need a homie. Like who's done mushrooms to get me through this, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I, I really only had like one or two people around me that were tripping and they weren't skating So they didn't understand where I was at and I didn't want to go get on their level. So like I just had my skateboard be my friend and I was like, all right, dude, like (laughs) I'm just going to need to be on this the whole time and whatever happens, like just keep it under my feet, you know? And I guess that kind of led up to I started doing like a couple tricks and like kick flips and I was like, oh, these feel really good right now. And things were just really clicking. So I'm like, huh. I'm going to try that front side flip. And like, I was just trying to work it out, you know, and there was this little like storm drain and I started doing over the storm drain and I missed a couple and I'm like, fuck, like, okay, I got like really disappointed and like go over and get my board and I'm like, okay, like, here we go. All right, we got to figure this out. And it became this like, like mathematical process of like, just footing, timing, like, turning all this and then figure it like figured itself out, you know, with like, I I was probably there. What seemed to be like an hour or two doing the same trick, just repetitively, like, and, and I was drenched, like just sweating balls, just fucking. And I, I mean, I was probably frying too, but I couldn't, I couldn't feel that as much as just like being connected to the trick. And I was so Mm. like, I was so in that zone that like, nothing else around me there's like i mean there's cars in the parking lot there's people like i didn't i don't care who's looking at me who says what i i don't even think i could hear anything at that point i was just like in the zone like yeah and yeah and literally like that since then like i figured it out in that parking lot on that like mushroom trip and then i came off that mushroom trip and like you know skated so cool yeah, like skated, you know, a week later or something, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Like, I still got the trick, so like, I actually figured it out, you know, like. But it was crazy, like that. That is, that's always been my story. Like when people ask me, like, "Oh, like, how do you how do you get how do you get good at frontside flips, or how would you get good?" I'm like, "Oh, you don't want to know how I got good because it's definitely not gonna be the way you got." Good.
1: So, yeah. but yeah, was it like? you were just kind of all in your body, not, not so much in your mind. And you just kind of felt yourself getting inching a little bit closer, a little bit closer to getting exactly how you wanted it. Or how did, how, how did, how was it working for you?
0: I mean, from what I can remember, cause obviously I can't, I can't put it all together, but it, it seemed like, it seemed like it worked really well. Like, I mean, I had a couple, I probably had like a good, half an hour or something like that of trying to figure it out, which it wasn't really frustrating because I already kind of understood it from doing frontside flips the other way. And, um, I just didn't, yeah, like I didn't have it the way I wanted it at first and I could do it, but it was just not controlled, you know? And by the time I figured out, yeah, you know, where my feet needed to be, how I needed to pop it to, to like stop it in the air and turn it the rest of the way. Or to like pivot it onto the to the front truck and just turn it the rest like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean that that basically like set the standard for for me from there. Of, like, okay, I need to ha- kind of foot have my foot in this position, and that's like the sweet spot, you know. So like, mm. it just basically took trial and error, and then really like on a weird fucking universal connection to my skateboard like i was just
1: yeah like right.
0: my my yeah my feet and my board were like making magic and i couldn't explain it it was just, like it was happening everything was working together like and in-, in sync in a weird way but it's like it sounds corny to people who don't understand it cuz like you need Mushrooms do that to you first of all, you reach a whole different level of understanding that like your mind won't normally take you you know like you you open up right. different parts of your brain that we don't usually use day to day so there is there is some kind of like extra help that is there maybe for people who can handle that kind of thing that like hey if you maybe did a microdose or something like that and took the time to really, you know, put your energy toward a goal in skateboarding a trick or whatever in specific on, on a, I would say a low impact level because maybe going to the higher, harder tricks adds a little more intensity, you know, adds a little more stress. And I don't know how that really coincides with mushrooms, but probably not all Mm. too well. (laughs) Um,
1: but, but your yeah, environment, you were, you were, you were kind of like flat grounding to skating on a, um, a drain, right? So, it was, yeah,
0: it was definitely all like low impact, like curb high, if anything, um, type of stuff. And that was, that was a long time ago too, which is kind of funny because, um, how I took mushrooms then as as opposed to how I would take them now, like doesn't compute, you know, I would never do mushrooms the way I did back when I was younger. Now it just like, I, yeah, like it was like the thing. Yeah. It was the thing in my neighborhood and the people I hung around to just like, if, if you're going to do mushrooms, you're going to do like this amount, you know, and you're going to fucking trip out and you know, it's like, all right, we had to. You had to be tripping to like say you did it type of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I don't know. Like it, I was it
1: just... was like an eighth? Or how how much was the? I'm just curious. How much was the the amount? So that yeah, you had the to take
0: back then, the initial amount to just like be like, oh, I took mushrooms. You had to take an eighth. That was for sure. Right. The like first breaking the ice amount. You know, like nobody ever considered small amounts in my, in my area or the parties and shit were like over the top. So whenever, yeah, just, and I, I I hung around a lot of people that were older than me too. And that was like a, that was an influence on me that at a young age I was doing stuff like that, you know, like, so, um, yeah, I, I, I think probably that normal dose, like after you break the ice is like a half eighth. So I was definitely I was definitely on a a solid little tripper, just fucking vibing out like I could see the trees and things around me are really vibrating, I guess you can say, and the movement and everything mm-hmm. is just a lot more defined so um yeah, and then that exactly like that right there the movements and everything are a lot more defined that t- to myself made sense like. I just felt fluent, like, all right, dude, I feel like one with my skateboard and this is like how this is supposed to work. I'm going to figure that out and we're going to work together. It's like, I mean, fuck, dude, like you might have to work with your skateboard. Like, honestly, your skateboard might be against you some days and it might be for you. And like, that's literally it. I don't know, dude, you could be having a shitty day and your skateboard can bring you the most happiness ever where you can be having a really great day and your skateboarding your skateboard can fucking humble the shit out of you. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know.
1: <clears throat> Do you talk to your skateboard? Sorry if that's a crazy question. No,
0: no, no, no. no. <laughs> no it's, it, it, it's not. No, it's not. It's so not in a
1: weird way, but like, you know, like ah, oh, like, you know, fuck you. Or or, or like, you know.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Definitely, definitely like
0: I have I have a thing with my skateboard. It's like I don't know, dude. It's there's some that I feel connected with, and like I have to keep them. And I'm like, dude, that skateboard was good to me. Like, I fucking, like, I had more good days than bad days, you know? And like, some boards are just, some boards just suck, dude. They just want to fucking tear up your shins and your ankles and like just the shape or something. Like, the flips aren't the same. And so you want to like force your board to work. And sometimes that just like you're going against the grain and you Mm -hmm. like it's it kind of sucks because it sounds spoiled. But like as a pro skater, sometimes like having access to so many boards can make you spoiled in the weirdest of ways, you know, like, oh, this like concave is too deep or like this. The tail is too short and the nose. And it's just not like like, you know, you become like a picky little bitch all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> you said the way you took mushrooms back then is different than the way take the way you take them now i'm just kind of curious if you if, as long as you're cool sharing it like how is yeah. it how's that changed for you like what what's different now versus how you took it back then
0: well i think i took enough back then to like get me to a point where i just didn't want to do them for a long time because i had all the good trips and the bad trips and all the like in between, just kinda like and and I don't know if I was really using them for the right reason either. I was just kinda like at some point I was just trying to get fucked up, like just here, like already drinking and the homie had some mushrooms, you just pop some mushrooms and you're like, ah, let's go. And it's I mean, sometimes like the crossfade too is is like a whole nother level of the mushrooms and like I I don't know, like there was there was a lot of yeah. those times. Yeah, there's a lot of those times when mushrooms either enhanced what I was doing, or completely like, brought me down to earth and fucking made me realize like, okay, I shouldn't be doing this right now. Like, Yep. and this has me in a really bad place. And I'm around the wrong people. And like, and yeah, I mean, that that even is, I find a lot of positive even in the negative, you know, like, so there's things like that, where you're like, Oh, I don't I don't feel comfortable around these people and stuff like that. Like I'm bad tripping or whatever. That's maybe the vibes telling you like, Hey, these people like, like aren't right for you in general, you know, like maybe the, what you're feeling is like what you're interpreting on a regular basis, but choosing to ignore Hmm. in the name of friendship, you know?
1: Hmm.
0: So it's like, yeah. Because you do sometimes, I mean, especially when growing up and being like a young, young adult, like teenage into like, your early to mid 20s, like you really make some decisions based on friendship and based on the influences of others, you know, so I, I feel I feel like a lot of people do, because that's those are the times like being a teenager. And, you know, when you hit 21, you're partying, like, these are really like influential times where your friends are the ones that are around you and you're either the ones that are influencing your friends or your friends are the ones that are influencing you. So it's like, I don't know. It's it's a weird fucking double-edged sword right there, but it, it does, I mean, you just gotta be aware basically. Like you gotta fucking, you gotta know your stance. You gotta know your limit. And um, I mean, yeah. And then kind of just that kind of comes stage.
1: Age, I feel like,
0: yeah. You sort of, mm-hmm. you sort
1: of figure that out. <laughs> Do you prefer to microdose? Do you have a different intention um when you trip, or maybe it's a combination of the two?
0: Yeah, I think yeah. Like the first time I reintroduced mushrooms to myself, and just like even thought about doing it again, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in a small dose, you know, I'll take like a cap or something or a, a fucking half of a stem or something really simple. So I, I know I'm not going to be fucking losing my shit, you know? So I'm like, started off really small and basic and, you know, probably to most people is not a microdose because a microdose is like a microgram. That's the whole basis of what a microdose is. It's supposed to be the very smallest bit you can take but it Mm. still has its has its properties you know and gives you the these certain effects but i tend to already have the mind state from the past that like i need to need to feel something to know i'm taking it you know like and uh i think yeah like going in the first dose that i can remember doing is probably like like a half a stem or maybe a half a stem and a cap, which I felt like was really small and probably wouldn't do enough to me to make me feel, you know, uneasy or or like, Oh shit, I'm like really tripping right now. You know? So, mm-hmm.
1: um, barely perceptible. You just kind of just feel, just feel there. A little yeah. I mean, bit. you
0: feel different. Like if, you, if you know, if you know, you're one of those people that, um, already has an open mind and is ready to, you know, feel, okay, here, you kind of have to put your intentions out. That's what I mean is I'm. let me back up here. Put your intentions out before you take them. Because if you're just going to do them for no reason, then you're just going to be in a weird place thinking about weird stuff and not really understanding like why you're just kind of like, Oh shit. Like I just feel kind of like a little off and like, I don't, I don't really know what to do right now with myself, you know? And there's, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, like that's, I I had to set my intentions going in the first time and be like, all right, I just, I want to re-experience, you know, and see how it feels. I'm going to go skate, you know, local park, kind of just keep it flat ground, maybe manual pads. So I already had that in mind that I was going to be moving and doing something, going somewhere. So like, it helps to not be stationary or if you are like to be at least like reading or, or doing something you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like socially, socially, it puts me in a really comfortable place around people, whether I know them or not. Like it just makes me feel, um, like more connected to other people just naturally, I guess. Like you just don't feel as hesitant to say hi, or, you know, you like smile at people or whatever, you know, like, because sometimes people would just, you might not say hi, or you feel like, you know, like, oh, I'm not in the mood or whatever. So I feel like mushrooms like heighten the mood. And like, if, if you're feeling good, it just makes you feel better. And then like, mm-hmm. that kind of, sh- that kind of shines, you know, and then like, when you feel good. Other people can tell, and like you know, your smile and everything, and then that makes them feel good. So, in return, it's like this whole feel good vibration.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All the
1: hippies, you know, <laughs> love it, man. Well, hey, we'll, we can uh, we can cap it for today. There, for thank sure. you so much for coming on the show, Tommy. Really appreciate it.
0: Definitely, that was great. Good times.
1: Any last things uh, you'd like to share with the audience? Um, where can they find you? How can they stay in, in touch with you and follow along with, with what you're doing lately?
0: Yeah, so if anything, um, got my Instagram, Sandoval underscore uh, 619. That's my main account. That's just where I do all my skate stuff. Kind of, um... <sighs> okay. I, every now and again, I'll do something for my sobriety. Cause uh, I'm not sober. Let's okay, Cali sober is what they call it. Sorry, I don't. I still smoke weed and um, I do psychedelics. So like people will say that's fucking not sober and all this shit. But I was a heavy alcoholic for many many years, like fifteen plus years. You know, since I was, since I was probably like 18 or 19. Like I was really just hyped to get out there and get drunk. (laughs) Like it was just that was my thing. I was just loved alcohol. And uh, fortunately, like I found my way out, you know, it's been almost three years now. Mm -hmm. And from that, like I found, you know, the comfort in just, you know, being myself and being able to, you know, talk to people and help other people you know maybe find their way out as well so like every now and again i would uh i would get on my instagram and do these like little updates for you know my sobriety and be like hey just wanted to holler at everybody and, you know it's fucking been a month or two and whatever and so i would just keep people posted and i haven't done one of those in a while but i was thinking about checking back in just letting people know because when i did do that there was a lot of people that uh would message me and like I've talked to them and, you know, just by putting that out there in the universe and, you know, by holding myself accountable for what I'm trying to do, it helps so many other people. And I just didn't, I didn't even think that was going to happen. I wasn't looking for, you know, I wasn't looking to be a mentor to other people or like to try and be somebody. I was just trying to like share my story and help other people just see that it's possible. And then from there, like all this other stuff started building. So I'm like, I want to, that's maybe a goal of mine in the future. Like I want to do some kind of like outreach for people who are, you know, fucking alcoholics and need help. And Mm -hmm. you know, just, it's, I know it's just, it's hard it's fucking and maybe maybe a little bit easier actually for us because in skateboarding it's so popular like that maybe it's just an easy outlet we have access to so many people who are already doing it which are like hey dude don't you want to make your skateboarding career last let's put down that bottle for a couple years right you know so i don't know but anyways yeah, so if anybody want to follow along with little stuff like that, that's on my main page. And then I have another page for all my records, and I do a lot of reggae. That's my main uh, genre of choice. Uh, so that other page is The Roots Doctor at R-O-O-T-Z
1: underscore Dr. D-R. But, um, Yeah. So, I, have, I have not checked that page out yet. Actually, I'm I'm definitely gonna check that out after this interview. <laughs> nice, yeah. I, I, me some I, yeah,
0: I mean, go through it. I've been I've been posting on it for probably like two or three years now, oh. and there's almost about a thousand a thousand of my records up there now. So slowly but surely,
1: bro. Thanks for sharing everything. Thanks for your for your sharing your wisdom and your stories and just you know honestly just coming on and just hanging and having a good time
0: for sure that was great i enjoyed
1: <clears throat> look forward to having you on for uh for part two
0: sounds good holler when you're ready
1: Tommy Sandoval, everybody thanks tommy
0: hey thank you
1: and that's our show Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to throw us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, wherever you listen to your content, so that we can keep you updated each week when we release a new episode. For more content like this in the meantime, head on over to our website at www.sojin.co and take a look at our blog. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.